From atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, West. you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kurt Crosby, live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the network refused to use, no doubt, starts now. This is the broadcast for November the 20th in the year of our Lord, 2019. This is our one of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide, and absolutely we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. Normally, we do a recap of the previous day's show. We're going to skip that today in light of our special guest. Now, I digress a little bit, but it'll make sense. Hang tight with me, would you please? Uh, As you all know, uh, you know what? We do talk radio, big time, six days a week, two hours a day, hard-hitting talk. Sometimes it's political, uh, but we don't really believe in political issues, folks. Politics is just the way they divide everybody. What we believe in is moral issues. You know what? We stand up for God, family, and country everywhere we go. It's a statement of morality, not a statement of division, not a statement of politics, but a statement of, you know what? If we promote God, family, and country, we're on the right track. It isn't left or right or conservative or liberal or any of those things. It's just moral. And we stand on the principles of morality every time. We don't want to attack people. We do want to focus on principle, though. And when a principle is good, we want to embrace it. And when a principle is bad, we want to reject it. And so we want to make popular that which is good and unpopular that which is bad. And we want to do our best every time to be on the right side of issues based on principle. When does it build and strengthen a society, a family, an individual, and when does it tear one or family or society down? If it embraces and builds, good, we're in. If it's bad and destroys and divides and conquers and tears down, we're out. It's that simple. If it's constitutional, we love it. If it's not, frankly, we dislike it. So based on that principle of morality, we talk about a lot of things on the radio, And in my day job, as you know, I'm an IT director. I deal with computers and such. But I'm also a well-known small business consultant. And I consult companies on all kinds of things, from information and technology uh, to uh, best practice to HR compliance to et cetera. I mean, it goes on and on and on. And I've been in the past involved in a bunch of business ventures. I've been a mortgage broker for a long time, so I understand finance. I understand loans. I've had multiple FBI background checks for my financial, um, you know, fiduciary responsibilities and everything else. And okay, so they've had all my thumbprints and fingerprints and palm prints, and you know, I'm 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 okay with the FBI, right? Uh, they've done the background checks, and hey, I pass with flying colors every time. I only tell you this to let you know that I've got a great background in a lot of business practices from HR compliance right on through. I've been not only a mortgage broker for years, I've been insurance licensed as well in health and life and, you know, et cetera. Um, However, I tell you all that because I get hired by companies to do special consulting projects. And one of the consulting projects I was asked to do uh, was to research insurance options for healthcare. 
You know, what do we do in this insurance space? There's no good answers. Everybody wants you to believe Obamacare is horrible. It's the end of the world. It's going to take over the world and and just be a liberal meltdown. It's going to be so expensive. It doesn't work. Um, On to we don't need health care at all by the government. And, And the battle rages, right? But I was asked by companies not to take a liberal or conservative view, but to come back and say, what are the best answers for folks? Where is the unique blend that small business can afford that'll benefit individuals and families? You know what? Where does the buck stop when this thing comes down? Is there a sweet spot, Sam? Is there a solution? Are there opportunities? Well, believe it or not, while I was researching that, Kurt Crosby emails me and he says, Sam, you need to interview Dr. Josh. Now, Dr. Josh is a guy who really has been reinventing healthcare and doing a phenomenal job. So we interviewed Dr. Josh uh, some months ago, and it was a tremendous interview. We'll get him back. But he talked about a term called the DPC. Stay tuned if you want to understand the DPC. But it stands for Direct Primary Care. And that is going like gangbusters. And so I went back and researched all this stuff. And literally with uh, several people alongside for the ride, we all worked together and came up with really a best practice solution for small to medium businesses. What are the options? How do you handle it? How do you move forward? Well, in our quest, we've stumbled across our next guest. And um, he has been involved in healthcare. He understands the difficulties and the concepts and the problems and the solutions. You say solutions in this sentence, in this context, Sam? Yeah, that's what I mean. Solutions in this context. There is a group called ZionHealth.org. ZionHealth.org. Our guest is Nathan Udin. He's the president of ZionHealth.org. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Did my summary make any sense? Absolutely. (laughs) I bring that up because it really is a very, very complicated space uh, for folks to understand. There's so many terms. Terms don't mean things that you would think they mean because they have a health care meaning or they have a. And and it's very complicated. The twists and turns of I mean, even if you just take the space of, of high deductible medical insurance, it's very complicated. I mean, there's hundreds of plans out there and they all mean different things. And it's very complicated indeed. And I was asked to kind of break it all down and put it on the kitchen table in a way that was meaningful and useful. And that's what I spent a ton of time doing. That's my background in history. Uh, Nathan Udy, ladies and gentlemen, is president of ZionHealth.org. Let's talk about uh, you, Nathan, a little bit, uh, a little bit about who you are as a person, and then how did you get involved in this complicated topic? Well, that's that's a, a very loaded question, <laughs> but I I um, I have a little bit of a similarities with you. I've started as an insurance broker, and I've been consulting with companies and helping individuals with finding real health care solutions. Um, I uh, come from a, a history also of a survivor of cancer, and I've gone through a lot of medical issues myself. And so when I've always had a, an, a big heart for those who are, are struggling and trying to find uh, real solutions. And and so that's that's where I've, I've begun, and I've, over the years, have helped a lot of people finding real solutions for their, their health care. And the solutions have gotten more difficult and and more uh, and less of a solution over time. <laughs> and so I've started working as a as a administrator for health care and have managed those 
and we've been working with a lot of companies and managing healthcare as a, a third-party administrator. And we've been working with health shares, and we, I'm a big believer of health shares in general, and I, I have nothing bad to say about any of them. They, they all have a, a great concept, and, and, and I believe in, in, the, in the motion that they're all going towards, which is the same thing that we're doing is we're providing a solution for uh, the, the common people, for everybody, the business owners, so that at the end of the day, we can we could work together and 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 bringing better health and bringing better uh, strategies for for everybody. Now, let me embark on a slight history lesson to catch people up. I'll do it in as summary fashion as I possibly can. Understand, after World War II, there became the big financial boom, economic opportunities everywhere, and it got so hot, so competitive to where you know what. Um, Congress and others said, we just can't have everybody just increase pay, increase pay, increase pay. We've got to put a stop on that. So they did. Uh, and then companies said, well, how do we compete? How do we be the guy that gives the better deal than the next guy? And, well, then they said, well, you know what? We can offer health care to individuals and families. And that's really how government kind of started to back into this health care idea was by uh, locking the prices down for wages a little bit. Uh, and then by backing into this health care discussion, at the time, it wasn't necessarily uh, super political. It was just a way for businesses and, and others to, to bridge a gap and say, how can I provide more value to my employees? Uh, and then time went on. And the Republicans and Democrats on both sides of the aisle kind of added to this. And pretty soon it got to where it was hard to get insurance without an employer backing it or giving it to you. The problem is then they introduced the portability problems and they introduced, and then before you know it, there become more and more and more rules and regulations and you can do this, but you can't do that. And pretty soon it became kind of a mess. And then just kind of like the IRS code, they added one tinker toy piece to the building and another and another. And, and before you know it, it's like, well, let's get rid of this tinker toys piece. But in doing so, we got to have these three other somethings and and then we wind up where we are today, where healthcare is an absolute confusing mess for most people. It is so complicated, even government uh, folks don't understand it. As you know, Obamacare, uh, which they kind of call it Obamacare, but it really started, believe it or not, with Mitt Romney, uh, who had Massachusetts Mittcare. So Mittcare and Hillary Care kind of merged together, and then we dumped it on Obama uh, and named it Obamacare. But the truth is, everybody's had a hand for literally generations, creating what we have today. Is that summary fair, um, do you think? Is that a, is that a fair assum assessment of what kind of happened and how it went down, Nathan? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I don't bring that up to attack Republicans or Democrats or anybody. I bring it up just to say that it started out like almost everything else, well-intentioned. Uh, and you know what? Um, as things happen, it just got worse and worse and worse and worse. Now the problem is there's no good answer because if you don't have an employer providing health care, uh, it can be incredibly expensive. And even if you do, it's incredibly expensive. It's just that most of the costs are shielded from individuals. And what happened then was individuals are separated from their health care. When I go to the doctor, I walk in, I give them my insurance card. Hey, my employer pays for insurance. They do whatever they do. And, and, and then I walk out and I say, thank heavens it didn't break my bank. There's a problem with that, and I'm not talking political. I'm talking about for you as an individual and your family. We'll discuss it in seconds on your radio. Scott Bradley here. 
Most Americans are painfully aware that the nation is on the wrong track and in dire straits. Unfortunately, most political pundits only nibble around the edges when they claim to address the issues. Even worse, many of the so-called solutions are simply rewarmed servings of what got us into the mess we currently face. And the politicians think we're so gullible and naive that we'll buy their lies that they have reformed and now understand where they led us astray. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that they simply wish to continue to hold power. The solution to America's challenges is found in returning to the timeless principles found in the United States Constitution. My book and lecture series will reawaken in Americans an understanding and love of the principles which made this nation the freest, most prosperous, happiest, and most respected nation on earth. Visit to preservethenation.com and order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way. But actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Nathan Udy, our guest, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> He's with ZionHealth.org. Just like it sounds, ZionHealth.org. And as we go on, Nathan's going to be talking more and more. I'm sorry to kind of steal the show here a little bit, but I'm trying to give people an understanding of the history of the problem of how we got there, because I believe once you understand that, then the solutions become easier to understand. Why we point in the directions we do become really easy to get, really simple to understand. So the problem has been primarily, Nathan, that, you know what, this well-intentioned idea to say, let's give our employees more by business uh, and government locking it down, trying to not have the economy heat up too much. Now we can debate that till the cows come home, but that's what happened. And as a result, the side effect of that was insurance was not portable at all. And the other side effect of that was people were separated from their insurance or their medical lives and decisions. You walk in with your card. They do whatever the heck they do. Don't know, don't care. Just get me out and don't break the bank. It was kind of the mentality of Americans for literally decades. And in my opinion, that is the fundamental problem. Americans have been separated from their doctors and from their health care decisions. And everybody can boil it down to this problem, that problem. You know, the website for the government and health care doesn't work or it's my employer's fault or you can break it down and, and, and talk about a lot of stuff. But at the end of the day, in my opinion, the individual being separated from their health care decisions and an understanding of the costs really 
are at the feet of the problem. Is that a fair assessment, do you think, Nathan? Absolutely. We believe in that. And I, and I say that because if you don't know what something costs, there's no way you can be responsible for it. I say that because if you don't understand what decisions you're making regarding your health, then you don't have any obligation or ability to fix it. Obligation to change it or ability to fix it because, you know, what, what do you know? Uh, and the healthcare companies, uh, whether they be insurance, whether they be, they don't have an incentive to change it. The more healthcare costs, the more they make on insurance premiums and claims. And, and the, it seems like with you, meaning the individual, the patient, not in the middle of it, there's nobody, as far as I can tell, who has the ability to put the brakes on spending. To put the brakes on what's recommended. The doctor doesn't know, doesn't care. It's just like, hey, send that to the insurance company, please. The insurance company doesn't care. They're like, hey. And, and so there's been nobody at the helm to create oversight to watch this thing in a meaningful way. Uh, and that's what I've really learned with literally, I've probably spent 10,000 hours researching this topic, believe it or not. And I'm telling you, there's nobody in the middle there. There's nobody there who has an interest in slowing it down. The patient doesn't. They're like, hey, insurance has this for me. Nobody has an interest in keeping a cap on costs whatsoever, Nathan. And that's why I say uh, the individual being separated from this discussion, nobody else has that interest, do they? No, not at all. There's there's definitely... Uh that's that's part of the the downside of of how it's been working for for a long time and and keeping people in in what they call consumer driven solutions is is definitely a way to keep people in, in involved with it and and of course making it so that the doctors are are involved with it jointly with you as well now what happened is, to make matters worse, the government then decided that they had to crank up medicare medicaid, and so they create cranked up their government health care offering. And then what happened is the government created a matrix. It's a price list, if you will. And this price list um, is designed to supposedly keep a cap on costs, which sounds admirable, um, where the government wants to really rein in the cost to things. And you got to commend them for that, right? But there became to be what's called the U.S. Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. And believe it or not, this group is a federal government website managed and paid for by the Centers for Medicare group. It's called CMS.gov. If you want to go look it up, you'll get all kinds of confused when you do it. But let me tell you what's at the heart of this is a government price list for all health care services. And this government price list, you and I as the consumer don't really get to see. But it is the definitive guide behind or backing all health care costs. Whenever anybody wants health care, they either go and look at this list, if they're an insurance company, and they have a contracted rate based on this list plus something. So government service is 10 bucks, an insurance company says 10 bucks plus 2 bucks, we'll pay 12 bucks for this service. We're already paying more than the government will pay, or whatever. Or you're left to the retail market. And if you don't have any representation, then they just pump out the retail market price for things, and that's you, nailed to the wall. Or you have somebody negotiate on your, quote, behalf, getting the highest but best deal that they can get. I say highest because there's nobody to decrease that cost. But the best deal because they want to 
maximize profit. Where in the middle does it go? Well, it turns out to be government document plus something, plus 100%, plus 50%, plus whatever. And this price list is used, and that's why when you go in to get a health care procedure done, nobody can tell you what it's going to cost because they're saying, well, we got the retail cost, which is through the roof. That's what you're getting. Unless somebody can negotiate on your behalf for you, um, we've got to run this through the, one, somebody goes and checks the government price list. Two, somebody checks if there's a contract on file. Uh, and then they come back and they say, well, this is where you are. Either you have somebody good at negotiating on your behalf or you get the shaft. And because of that, nobody knows what things cost because all we know is that somewhere between the bottom, which is what the government sets, and the top, which is retail, and, well, depending on who you are and what we have on file for you, we'll ask you if you have health insurance, and we'll ask you a series of questions, and at the end of the day, we'll pump out a number that's for you. And most people don't realize that is how it works. I don't care who you have representing you. I don't care what procedure we're talking about. That's how the behind-the-scenes works. Nathan, is this accurate? Absolutely. That is, is definitely true. We just had yesterday a, a bill that came in for one of our members that was over $11,000. That's the retail rate that you're talking about. And we were able to negotiate it down to $580. That's a big difference. Amen. And it's because you have the ability to research and see what the government would pay for those services. That sets right. the floor for the discussion. People aren't going to take less than the government mandated amounts. And so de facto, the government mandates all pricing. Now, I know that we're supposed to be against price fixing in America, but this is a I don't know what you want to call it. This is a special privilege where the government gets to really set the price fix for everything. And everybody else has to do government price fix plus. Right. Absolutely. So even your $500 is probably plus something or whatever else, but it's it's understanding and being able to pull up that price list. Now, you've got a gazillion medical codes that you have to put in to be able to get those numbers from the government price list. But it's also very difficult because there's similar codes and people can use different codes. Sometimes they'll use a code that's very similar but costs a lot more. Uh, and if you don't catch them at it and say, whoa, wait, 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 why is this code being used? This one should be used instead. You can call a halt to the con game by understanding the codes and the medical procedures involved and save a ton of money too. Um, but it's a really it's a con game going on behind the scenes and uh if you have a contracted rate then they say well it's not a con game it's a contract or you're left on the open market for the slaughter i mean that's really what's happening i had an eye operation they first told me it was nineteen thousand dollars to get done i literally had my eye doctor walk in and we negotiated that sucker to 1800 bucks cash got it all done what's that a tenth 90 percent savings or more Okay, this stuff happens, believe it or not, all the time. It's not always 90%, but it's usually 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, uh, sometimes more. That is because you've got somebody to negotiate, whether it to be a doctor, whether it's somebody that can look at this government price list. Uh, what, well, so here's the reason I spend the time on all that. Because the answer to the problem, if the problem is taking somebody out of their health care decisions and cost management, then the answer to the problem is to put that individual back into the middle to say, okay, I know what a procedure costs. I know what I should be paying for it. Um, that's what the modern day phone has done with almost everything except for healthcare. You can go online and say, how much should this widget, this pair of shoes, this pair of pants, how much should this steak, whatever it be that you're going to buy or do, how much should it cost? And instantly you can go, 
all right, well, you know what? $10 for this is reasonable. $20 is high. I mean, I look at 50 different places and, well, uh, $20 is the highest it goes for. I've seen it as low as 8 bucks, but it's a Chinese knockoff. I don't know if I want that one. Uh, you know, 12 bucks is reasonable. Okay, now you go in with knowledge. So if the problem is taking people out of the middle of healthcare, the solution, Nathan, I submit, is putting them back at the center of that discussion. When we come back, there's two answers. Healthcare, which still keeps you out of it, puts the government, your employer, and the, quote, healthcare provider and your insurance company in the middle of it and leaves you out. Or the Christians came up with a different idea. Their idea was brilliant, and it's been around for a long time. But people are even improving on that idea. That's where ZionHealth.org comes in. Nathan in seconds, ladies and gentlemen. Pursuing liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. At yesterday's impeachment inquiry hearing, the Democratic congressman chairing the Intel panel says... I want to make sure that uh, there's no effort to out the whistleblower uh, through the use of these proceedings. That's Democrat Adam Schiff. A whistleblower's complaint about President Trump's July phone call with the Ukrainian president is what sparked the inquiry. And Republicans say that, in fact, the whistleblower should testify directly and it would be beneficial to the inquiry. Here's Representative Lee Zeldin. Uh, I know that th- there would be additional questions for the whistleblower. He could come in for uh, a private deposition. That- that's a fine start to this process. Today, for the fourth time this fall, PG&E will shut down power to Californians because of dry and windy conditions that have been raising the wildfire risk. This is USA Radio News. Did you know the average rate on credit cards in the U.S. is over 17%? And the average credit card debt is over $16,000 per household. Hey, everyone. This is Mike. And this is Brian, the Fellowship Home Loans. Credit cards. It's hard to live without them, but wouldn't it be great if we could? It is possible. For over 15 years now, we have helped homeowners out of the pit of despair with revolving credit cards with a Fellowship Home Loans debt consolidation refinance. You could save hundreds, even thousands. Thousands on your monthly payments, increase your tax deductions, and lower your mortgage rate. Plus, as a bonus, maybe you'll sleep a little easier after you cut up those cards. Give us a call at 800-804-SAVE. That's 800-804-7283. And see how much you could save. Or online at fellowshiphomeloans.com. FellowshipHomeLoans.com. Fellowship Home Loans. Welcome home. Intercontinental Capital Group, DBA Fellowship Home Loans, Equal Housing Opportunity Lender, MLS number 60134. A House committee has approved a sweeping ban on flavored tobacco, including vaping products. The bill the House Energy and Commerce panel approved yesterday is much more aggressive than a ban that President Trump had proposed in September and then recently put on hold. A sheriff's deputy in Augusta, Georgia, has died after a shooting last night. A suspect also killed in the incident. The deputy was reportedly conducting proactive patrols as part of an effort to halt gun violence when he was shot and killed.
Ten Democratic presidential hopefuls will be filling the debate stage tonight. Journalists from MSNBC and The Washington Post will be quizzing former Vice President Joe Biden, Senators Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, and Amy Klobuchar, Kamala Harris, and Cory Booker, South Bend, Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg, Hawaii Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard, and businessmen Andrew Yang and Tom Steyer will fill out that lineup. Remember, we're online. You can find us anytime at usaradio.com. I'm so sorry for the long-winded explanation, ladies and gentlemen, but i got to get your arms around this. Nathan Udy, our guest, we're talking about ZionHealth.org. So if the problem is we've taken people out of the management of their health care, managing the costs and the procedures and understanding when you're getting a good deal and there's nobody interested in keeping the costs of health care down, well, there's a problem. So the answer is to put people back in the middle of the health care solution, uh, and you're just not going to um, get a good deal. Or ever have things work out well for you if you're not willing to manage the aspects of your life. You won't have liberty. Uh, you won't have cost management. You won't have the best health care available to man. But if you are willing to be in the middle of it, take a little bit of responsibility. Educate yourself. Pretty soon, very complicated topics become quite simple and quite easy to understand. So the Christians understood this and they said, hey, you know what? There's a problem. We don't want these health care companies that don't have our interest at heart managing things for us. We want to take back control. And so these Christians got together and said, number one, you're going to be at the center of your own health care and you're going to make decisions, but we're going to create a group behind you of friends, of loved ones, a huge health care family, if you will. And we're going to help you cover the costs that you can't handle yourself. So they developed these health sharing ministries, and many of them are awesome. I'm not going to knock any of them. The principle has been around, and it works so well, and it's so effective that even when they created Obamacare, they created an exception. And they said, if you have a health sharing ministry behind you, or you're part of one of those, you know what? You don't need to follow the government mandate for health care. We trust that your solution is sufficient. We believe that your solution is satisfactory in the exception they admitted that they know that it works and that it's successful enough to where you're fine. Well, so those came along. They were great, but there's a couple of problems with them. They required a lot of people to swear to Christian principles. For example, I believe in the Trinity, that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost are all one. Uh, are all one. Well, I personally believe they're not all one. I believe that God the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Ghost are three separate beings. Now, I digress, except my point is a lot of people wanted these Christian health caring ministry services. They wanted to be back in the middle of their health care, but they felt like for whatever reason, their theological differences separated them, which was sad, but reality. Uh, then a couple of other problems started to creep up, which I will not go into with some of these health care ministries, but a new breed of health care organizations of health sharing ministries uh, has come to fruition really um, standing on the shoulders of what was done by the Christians before. So we've taken this great idea and we've said, okay, what are the problems with it? How do we fix those problems? And how do we be as inclusive as we can going forward? Is that how ZionHealth.org got born, uh, Nathan? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I'm with you as well, Sam. I, I also believe in uh, in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I, I'm a Christian, but... Um, the, the, everyone has different ways of, of believing it sometimes, and we we believe 
it's a little bit more inclusive to to welcome everybody. Now, what happened, though, was there was some issues with these sharing ministries. You had to have the same kind of uh, swear to a, a, uh, a position of belief or whatever else, which is problematic for some uh, because it really exploited theological differences, um, etc. And, you know, my goal is not to divide on that or focus on that, except to say that's where one of the problems were. Another part of the problem was how do you get an individual at the center of their health care but provide them the support that they need to really be effective. And there's been a bunch of different approaches tried by these ministries, uh, some more successful than others, right? Absolutely. They, uh, there's definitely, a lot, like I mentioned earlier, I, I support what they are doing, and they've, uh, we've learned a lot from what they've done and, uh, and applaud what they've, what they've worked on to help with, uh, in the healthcare industry. Now, as I mentioned, you got this retail price list and this government price list and everybody else falls somewhere in between. Really, what these health sharing ministries do is several fold. One, they help cover the costs that you can't handle by yourself. By sharing those health care costs and money is put in monthly by a bunch of people. And then when those costs come up, the sharing group use those funds to cover the expensive health care costs. In other words, catastrophic care is covered by these um, offerings, these health sharing agreements between people. That's wonderful. That's one thing they do is they cover the costs. The second thing they do, and I think the most important piece to what they do, and this is where it becomes manageable, they help you understand what a fair cost for something is. So these health caring ministries, such as Zion's Health and others, um, they literally understand they can go to this price sheet and they can quickly tell you what's a fair cost for a given procedure. And then they can also let you know what's appropriate to share and what's not appropriate to share. And this is how they manage the cost. This is where bringing the individual back into the center of their health care, but providing them a support group of professionals uh, becomes the answer, Nathan. Absolutely. At, at, we've seen a lot of a lot of people really catch the vision of this, and they've, they've they're a lot happier with the process. They they're involved, and at the end of the day, they're able to make the choices that they need for their own healthcare and get better faster. So, give me an idea how that works. Then <clears throat> a lot of people are saying, "Well, wait, Sam, this just sounds too complicated. I, I can't handle it." I think a few examples might be uh, the clarifying factor for folks to get it. How does it work? Sure. Yeah, this this is uh, we have a couple different tools that that help people uh, with their healthcare, and one of which is, of course, that we have an ID card that they would have, just similar to like a, you would have with an insurance plan, and you provide that card to the, the the provider, which is great news because the provider knows exactly what to do with the card. They take it, the information, they're able to run it through, and we're able to give um, discounts or the best rates for for those services instead of having to pay the retail rate uh, for many services that they might use. So that's that's a, one tool that we use is a, the card makes it really simple. Uh, another thing is, is of course, they can reach out to us. So when, when their doctor tells them, hey, I'm, I've, I need to have this surgery, we can, they could reach out to us. We'll give them the information that they need uh, with, with regards to uh, maybe what locations there are that provide that service, uh, what it normally costs for those services, and and of course we can negotiate um, with the the providers and and help that um, that member so that they can have 
everything that they need to know so they can make the informed decisions. So you've got a backing of professionals that, number one, can access this government list and say, hey, you know what, here's what the government's willing to pay for these services. And here is a recommendation of several people that will provide that service. And these are people who have a track record of doing it at a reasonable cost and or being willing to negotiate to give you the best prices. Um, you're getting a bunch of things there all at once, but being backed up by those who, who understand this stuff. I think that's one of the most important pieces of the sharing, uh, aside from the fact that then the dollars come. Uh, as you use these sharing services. Now, how did ZionHealth.org come to be? You know, you would say, well, there's a lot of Christian services out there. Uh, is Zion kind of a newcomer on the block? Yeah, we're, we're one of the newcomers. <laughs> and we've, we've come because we've seen a lot of great things that they're, they're, they're doing in the industry. And, and I have a also a unique background in administration. And we, we said, hey, we could do this and continue on this work on this progress or on this process so that it could become uh, better for more people and so that we can make it easier for them to make decisions and easier for people to join and be able to stay part of this, this community that we're, we're sharing in each other's medical expenses. Now, I've researched every one of these sharing ministries, folks. And just to be clear, there's really three options you have to deal with your health care. Well, there's four. One option is just to go it alone and pay cash and negotiate the best you can. I've done that literally with eight children for 28 years. And I've saved a lot of money over the years, and I'm pretty darn good at it, ladies and gentlemen. However, I'm not near as good as some of these health caring ministries because they have the information they need at their fingertips, and they do this every day. So I'm pretty dang good at it, but these people are great at it. But you've got three op- four options for health care. One, just take care of it on your own and negotiate and pay cash. That's the least, in my opinion, beneficial choice. But it, it has been the, the kind of the go-to choice that I've had to do for years. Now there's better options. The other three options have to do with either one, some kind of traditional insurance, whether it be Obamacare or not, but really traditional insurance. The other choice is to do a health sharing ministry. And your last choice is just to rely on supplemental insurances of some kind, which we can get into later. But those are really your only options. Uh, now you would say, well, Sam, I can do Medicare, Medicaid. Yeah, you can do the government health insurance options. But again, it's just the same as insurance. And nine times out of 10, your insurance companies will um, play second fiddle to any government offerings that are available, whether they be Obamacare, health care, or I'm sorry, Medicare, Medicaid, whatever they be. Government usually is wise enough to write their rules around getting as much out of the government as they can get before they then pick up the rest of the tab. These health sharing ministries say, hey, we want to help one another. We're not interested in relying on the government for anything. We're interested in working together for the betterment of all of us as a huge health sharing family. When we come back, we're going to talk about that more because I believe that to be the real solution. But you got to understand more. There's three general levels of need when it comes to health care. We'll talk about that too. Nathan is with us, ladies and gentlemen. He's president 
of an incredible organization. Hang tight. So you love talk radio. Then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on 24-7 with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Talk Right, the conservative app offered by TalkStream Live that caters exclusively to the conservative talk radio community. Here you'll see only talk shows and podcasts from the conservative right. All the big broadcast names and online digital shows in one place. Talk Right makes it easy to find all your favorite conservative talkers with all the upscale features you come to expect from TalkStream Live. Keep up with the fast-paced political world. Download Talk Right today from Google Play or the App Store. Do we reflect about our future and where we as a culture are moving? Do we keep our trust in our jobs, homes, money, life necessities, investments, stock markets? Do we believe that our 401ks or other retirements will always be there and that the current economic order will recover? Is the economy going to recover and life return to normal? It ain't going to happen by a friend of Medjugorje. Whether you are poor, middle class, or rich, it ain't going to happen. A book of astounding revelations about the present economic order and where we are heading. It ain't going to happen by a friend of Medjugorje. To order, visit medj.com, spelled N-E-J.com, or call Caritas in the U.S., 205-672-2000, 205-672-2000. Ladies and gentlemen, he's president of ZionHealth.org. Who are they, you ask? A medical cost-sharing, healthy living community. Nathan's the president. And so I submit you put people back in the middle of their health care. And then you've got uh, a few options of how you can handle your health care. But I believe the sharing ministries are the best option. You don't have to give up all your personal privacy information. Uh, You don't have to put your financial well-being at risk like many of the government programs. These people just simply get together and say, we can solve this on our own. We're Christians. We're not going to go to government for the answer. And, man, they've created a solution that is tremendous indeed. But there's three kind of general areas of health care people need to understand. And it has to do with costs. So the first one is basically your day-to-day health care. All right. The second one is that it called the gray area in my mind. It's where it gets more expensive and you can't maybe handle it yourself, but yet there's not something in place to handle it. So you got day-to-day, you got gray area, and then you've got catastrophic. And basically the expense and the complications are what determine which bucket it goes into. Now it's not a clean line. It's not easy to put something in the bucket. Sometimes it's Mm, that's bordering on the gray area. Sometimes, well, that's gray area slash catastrophic. That's getting beyond the gray area kind of thing. And most healthcare solutions are designed around one of those three areas of, of cost and of management and of complication. And these health sharing ministries are great at the catastrophic. And uh, in the past, they haven't been very good at dealing with the gray area. And they haven't been very good at the day to day at all. That was yesterday. Now they have 
partnered with people and created solutions that handle all of this. But primarily, the health-sharing ministries are designed for the catastrophic world primarily, right, Nathan? Absolutely, yeah. There's, there's uh, Some of them have kind of worked in some of the gray, gray area or even some of the day-to-day. Uh, as of late, there's more and more of that. So I, I would say that uh, you're absolutely right, though. And I bring that up because I think that's where people have had a lot of the problems with relating to some of these sharing ministries is in the day-to-day and in that gray area where, uh, you know, it's not handled very well. Now, Obamacare claims it handles all pre-existing conditions, and they claim, but yet, you know what, their deductibles are so high, it'll break the bank. Their premiums are so expensive that it'll break the bank. And by the time they cover everything, like mental health, uh, like every pre-existing condition on the planet, that's what makes their costs literally go through the roof. And the only way they can manage it is by creating these high premiums and high deductibles. Whereas a lot of the health caring ministries come back and say, hey, we may not do much with mental health. It's very, very complicated. It's not an exact science. It's very expensive. The needs are very hard to assess when they're legitimate, when they're not, etc." And pre-existing conditions can just ratchet up the costs through the roof. So a lot of these health sharing ministries in the past have said, hey, we'll ratchet down what we provide. Well, one of the unique things about zionhealth.org is we share each other's medical costs as a community of like-minded individuals. And you guys have a claim on your website, everyone accepted. Help me understand, Nathan. That's incredible. Yes, everyone is accepted. So no matter what their their history is, as far as that goes, we, we allow everybody to come in. And and it could be part of the community, so that's that is uh, something that we we uh, kind of like you, Sam. You, you mentioned earlier that you uh, think that this is a great program, but some people have been kind of barred from it, either from for whatever reason. And one of them, of course, you already mentioned, which is religious, and another one uh, that has barred people from it is is of course uh, their health. And so, if they've ever had uh, maybe a condition or or certain things that they're that they have that they're going through, uh, sometimes they're they're held back from membership uh, for some other 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 organizations. And so, with Zion Health, we we accept everybody, regardless of of their conditions and what their their needs are. Uh, we do have some risk controls, if you will, or some things that will help make it fair for for the community. And and so as far as pre-existing conditions, we do have some uh, waiting period for someone who has a pre-existing for sharing. So if they they come in and join the community, uh, they they may have to wait for a year for for sharing to be able to be uh, involved with for a pre-existing condition. So let's be very clear: they get the service, they get the sharing. There just might be a couple of holdout things that could break the bank. Um, based on you know, you can't just basically uh, get to the end of your rope health-wise and then just dump it all on the sharing members. You got to be fair and say, okay, you know what? We'll cover everything, but this pre-existing condition, there is a waiting period to make sure that you're uh, somewhat stable first. Um, and so there are a few limitations. However, the other medical costs still can be shared, uh, so people get that catastrophic coverage. And people get that ability to cover 
most things there just might be an exception an exception so they don't decline anybody decline anybody for a medical condition or religious beliefs they um one of the unique things about this health sharing ministry is a lot of them take a long time to go back and forth and debate the cost remember i told you the retail and then the government number and somewhere in the middle well they take a long time to negotiate that cost and then pay out and a lot of times things go to collections or a lot of times uh, people get burned in that middle where there's um, what they call um Oh, what do they call those? You pay a bill and then it's shortened, or they short pay it, and so there's a... Balance billing. Balance billing. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. Sorry. Balance billing, and then that balance billing takes forever to solve, and it leaves a kind of a mess for a lot of the members. But uh, one thing about Zion is that they process medical needs for the members most of the time within five days. Is that right? That's right. A lot of our, our medical needs are even paid before they go in to get a procedure done. Uh, we just did that yesterday for uh, one of our members, for example, and they uh, were they actually have surgery, I think it's tomorrow, and we've already paid the providers and everything is squared away. So uh, we, we're prepaying those, those services beforehand when it's possible. And then, of course, within five business days, we, we typically pay all of our member needs about 95% of them at least. Well, and that means it takes way longer for the um, organization to even come up with what they're going to charge you too, because at first they go, well, if we don't have an idea, we're going to charge at the retail. And then you come back and say, wait a minute, here's what we know. The government uh, will pay for these things. Here's what we know. Most insurance people are contracted for, you know, we're prepared to set a reasonable number. We'll pay you immediately if we can negotiate this reasonable number. And almost out of the gate, without exception, you get what, 25, 30, 35% off when they find out you'll pay cash you're ready and you know what the real numbers should be 90 percent of that posturing goes away right absolutely it takes away a lot of a lot of the back and forth and we could get it done really quickly and smoothly when we when we're educated when we know what's happening and we could jump right in and and solve the, the problem for the member all right there's so many innovative things that these health sharing ministries have done uh, that come to the table one of them is this typically you have what's called an annual premium you pay your annual premium, and then they'll, depending on cover costs above that, depending on what your plan is, et cetera, et cetera. There's a problem with the annual premium, though. I break my arm today. Uh, it's, say, December 21st. Uh, they, uh, you know, give me a cast, and it doesn't heal. January comes along. I go back. They say, oh, man, it didn't heal right. we got to re-break this, or we got to do this or that to your arm, Sam. Well, now i got a second annual to pay because if it's on a calendar— or if it just happens to cross whatever my annual renewal is, now I've got to pay two annual fees. Wow, how great for the insurance companies, right? Well, one of these, the solutions these healthcare providers have come up with, these, these sharing ministries, is they've come up with an incident idea where they basically say, hey, we're not really as interested in annuals as we are in handling incidents. A healthcare is not just a one line item, it's a 5, 10, 15, 20 things that relate to this health incident that you've had and we can handle those and you don't have this annual um, you know arbitrary uh, block in the way there you've got an incident tell us about this a little bit because I think this is an in a way innovative way I don't know anybody that does this but the health caring industry or the health uh, sharing ministries right yeah this is definitely unique to the health sharing ministries so yeah we the, the what they call a deductible uh, would be under traditional insurance and so you might, like you, you mentioned, you might have to have that reset at, in January or whenever your plan renews. And sometimes medical needs transfer for, for multiple years. I mentioned earlier who, when I 
when I had cancer, I, I had to go through that process for several years, and that's pretty normal for someone who's going through cancer. They might have surgeries and, and chemo or radiation or whatever that they're going through to get to the point where they can get better, and that sometimes means that they're paying thousands of dollars every year to, to be able to manage that, that need. And so with, with, the, with us, with Zion Health, you're able to pay a, a, mem- a initial unshareable amount, that's what we call an IUA, and they pay that for that need, and then that amount is already is done. So you're not having to pay that every year. You're paying that amount once, and then the rest of it is shared with the community. And so I think of it kind of like a customer service support ticket. That ticket or that incident stays open uh, until it's really closed. And how do you define when it's closed? Well, if there's no activity on it uh, for what one year, then it's closed. Yes. So if you're if you have some, like you mentioned that that example of someone who broke their arm and you had to reset it, um, that would be something as long as it's, it's done within the a 12 month period, uh, it would be something that we would be able to share. If there's no symptoms or any, any other care that you've received in 12 months, that's when it's considered closed. But as long as it's, uh, if you're needing something else that comes up, like a reset of your of your uh, arm, then we would share in that additional cost that goes into it. And then by managing it by instance, that helps a lot because then every item is not a new item. If I have an, in, an open ticket or an instance on something related to my arm, and then I go in and do something else on my arm, it's very easy for the health sharing ministry to look up and go, yes, we have this open. Yes, we've got the history. Yes, we've seen what we paid out on this. Oh, of course we can help with it. You know what? That procedure makes sense. Uh, this is what the doctor's recommending. We might say, hey, you need to go get a second opinion. We don't think the doctor's, you know, giving you the whole story on this. Or, you know what, that's legitimate. Here's what these things should cost. Or there's a lot of guidance that can be provided and support that can be given there. Uh, because since it's an instance, it's easy to have the notes, not start all over again every single time uh, with every issue. That's one of the unique things about these health sharing ministries, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about sharing each other's medical costs with a community of like-minded individuals. And that's an interesting thing when you say like-minded. We're like-minded in that we don't want government to do it. We want to do it ourselves. We're like-minded in that we got to handle this catastrophic side of the equation so that I don't melt down and lose the, you know everything in my financial world over health care. We're like-minded in that we want to share with each other's bills, but we want to be at the center of our health care in a way that allows us to make informed decisions and allows us to hold costs down. And I'm going to say that again, to hold costs down. So you could take a, a $5 million issue with medical and you could say, you know what? We can handle that with, say, a million bucks. Not five million, a million. Or maybe less. I'm just giving examples to make the point. Part of the genius is to hold the cost down. The other part of the genius is to have us together making decisions that are meaningful, that are impactful, and that relate to the best outcomes. Oftentimes, more money doesn't mean a better outcome. In fact, less money and responsible decision-making become the order of the day. I asked Nathan to stay with us two hours, ladies and gentlemen, because I knew I was going to be long-winded. We've set the stage the first hour. We'll get into more examples and more details about ZionHealth.org. Nathan Udy is the president, and we're going to talk more uh, in detail. We're going to have more examples and more unique things that set apart this incredible health sharing ministry sets them apart from the rest finally we'll talk about what do you do with those day-to-day in those gray areas if if these health sharing ministries are for catastrophic what about the other parts you mentioned sam 
Oh, baby, they've got answers. Nathan will tell you about them in seconds. This is Liberty Roundtable. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. 